Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. All right, church, are we ready to learn more about following Jesus this morning? All right, well, I want to start by greeting everybody online. We're so excited that you're joining us today. Make sure that you assign yourself a screen name and engage in that chat. We want to hear your digital amen. And to all of our family at Dulles, I see you, I love you, and I'm so excited to be with you next Sunday for Freedom Sunday. And everyone here at Tenley Town, how we feeling? Awesome. You guys are lively today. I'm liking it. All right. Um, I want to start off just by honoring my husband, Mark, who was playing the guitar today. He's pretty awesome. Um, But I wanted to honor him because he is my biggest encourager, my biggest cheerleader, and oftentimes the person that I'm like bouncing all my ideas off of. So if I say anything today that's really helpful to you, it probably was like a teamwork situation that we work together to make that come to pass. And of course, I always want to honor our pastors, Pastor Michael and Heather. Um, If you don't know, they were actually my youth pastors growing up. So I've been with them for a really long time. And I'm really honored to get the privilege and the opportunity to share the word of God with you today. So thank you for trusting me and believing in me and allowing me to have this opportunity. Um, So I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to recap the last few weeks that we've had of follow because it's been a, a really amazing series. And I think it's so important when we jump into learning something new that we kind of like cover a few of the things that we've learned along the way because remember, we're building upon each one. And so I want to start by reading our key verse for this um, series that we've had. And it's from Matthew 16. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Today, we're going to use Ephesians 4. So if you want to go ahead and find Ephesians 4 on your device or in your Bible, that's going to be where our main text is going to come from. But while you find Ephesians 4, I'm going to go ahead and recap these past six weeks really quickly for you. Week one, we talked about the power of God's call, following Jesus by developing a faith that follows. And really, we were laying that foundation of what it means to follow Jesus' way, to lay down our own way, right, and follow after Jesus. Then in week two, we talked about the power of God's word. The word of God is powerful and effective. It works within us, right? There's so much power in the word of God, especially when we not don't just know it, but we apply it to our lives. And so we'll be using a lot of the word of God today Hopefully that's encouraging to you. It brings liberty, it brings truth, and it produces fruit in our lives. And then week three, we talked about the power of community, following Jesus in our relationships. And if you remember, Pastor Michael talked about centers, circles, and spheres. And that is a tongue twister if you try to say it. Centers, circles, and spheres. Um, If you miss that one, I'd really encourage you to go and listen to it. Um, Who we let speak into our lives is really a huge piece of following Jesus, right? We want to make sure that those relationships are godly relationships that are building us up. And then week four, we talked about power of God's presence, right? Following Jesus by experiencing the power of God's presence. And in that message, we learned a little bit more about personal prayer, what it means to take time to pray and take time to spend in the presence of God. 
Then week five, we're almost done. We talked about the power of God's church, following Jesus by building the church. And what I loved about this message, and this week was really so powerful, was all about personal ownership. This is not Pastor Michael's church or Pastor Heather's church. This is our church. This is my church, right? We all personally get to take ownership of that. And really, the way that we think about our church life and our church family affects the way that church is for us, right? It affects the way that we approach it. And so that we get the opportunity to build God's dream together um, by following Jesus, by building his church. And then week six, we talked about the power of giving, following Jesus by giving obediently, generously, and sacrificially. If you haven't already committed to the tithe test challenge, or maybe you haven't even heard that message, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, One thing that Pastor Michael said during this message that has just really stuck with me is don't wait for your salary to open doors that only obedience will open. And so that's just one of those things, like write it down, smack it on your mirror, and just remember (laughs) that's a principle that the word of God has to say to us. And so that brings me to today, week seven, the finale of our follow series. And today we're going to talk about the power of serving, following Jesus by activating your spiritual gifts. So hopefully by now you found Ephesians 4, and I'm going to go ahead and read to you um, from this passage. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Remember, we're talking about being followers of Jesus. Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together to worship you. God, we thank you for the privilege that we have of being a part of this community, of sharing in what you're building, God, of being part of the body of Christ. Holy Spirit, today I pray that you would speak through me and that each and every heart that's in this room would be open online and at Dulles to what you are speaking today. God, I pray that we would be a church that grabs a hold of your word and runs with it, God, that you would help us to be great followers of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, there's a couple of foundational pieces that you have to have decided when you become a follower of Jesus. And one of the main ones of these is laying down our own way, right? There's some biblical principles that might a little bit great at who we are naturally. There might be things that we read in the Bible that we're like, ah, I wish I didn't have to do that. But there's something that's really important about laying down our own way and taking up the way of Jesus. And what I love about God and about who he is and his character towards us is that every time that we lay down our own way and we pick up the way that Jesus has prepared for us, it is always better than our own way, right? God's way is always better than our way. God is a good God. He is full of love and full of everything that we need to reach our full potential. And so this passage from Ephesians and really a lot of Paul's letters repeatedly talk about the body of Christ. Um, And the New Testament church even uses this analogy often throughout the New Testament. And there are a few reasons why this concept is really important in activating spiritual gifts that God has given us. And so this is what I want to talk about today. Our first point is I am part of the body. Can you say that? I am part of the body. 
Each one of us, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you are a follower or a disciple of Jesus, you have received spiritual gifts. I don't know if you knew that. Every single person in this room, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have received spiritual gifts from God. Every single person. There's not a single person in this room that does not apply if you have a relationship with Jesus. And what I love about this is that that means that every single person in this room has something to add to the body of Christ. Every single one of us, right? No one is left out of that. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. And what I love about the Bible, and again, how intentional God is, is that there's core scriptures like this that um, help us to frame and understand that we can always be growing in in these areas. This is not something that we shouldn't know about. This is not something that we should miss out on, right? Spiritual gifts are a huge part of being followers of Jesus and learning to grow more in him. And it goes on in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to say, a spiritual gift is given to each of us, again, every single one, so that we can help each other. As a part of the body of Christ, every single person has a form and a function that leads to our purpose. Each part of our body um, functions in partnership with other parts, right, of our physical body. Every single thing works together to make this thing that's standing up in front of you today, right? Um, in the same way that God is, is, has created the body of Christ as this holistic, necessary togetherness, right? You have a form and a function, and you can kind of find out today what it is and apply it. And so maybe you agree with me today. You're like, okay, the Bible says every single person has a spiritual gift. Maybe I have that. But maybe your next thought is, well, how do I know what that is? Um, so a practical application for that, we've actually already created a great way for you to learn what your spiritual gifts are. Um, we have something called the Growth Track, and it's the first three Sundays of every month, and all three of the classes will be applicable to you. But specifically, our third class that we call TEAM, we have a spiritual gifts assessment where we walk you through discovering what your spiritual gifts are. And what I love about this class in particular, and you can probably tell I'm not a preacher, I'm a little bit more of a teacher, and so I really appreciate this type of context. In our TEAM class, we actually give you resources and biblical references of all the different types of spiritual gifts. They're gonna help you learn more about them and how to grow in those things. And so if you have haven't taken the growth track yet, it's a great place to get started and to continue to grow in God. And what I'll tell you is this, I grew up in church. I've been attending church since before I can remember, probably. Um, I gave my life to Jesus really for myself when I was about 13 years old. Um, And I didn't take a spiritual gifts assessment until I was about 25. And so in between that time frame, I was kind of just floating around trying different things, you know? But I loved taking it because it helped me to solidify and rediscover the things that maybe I felt a little naturally gifted at, but now I had solid biblical references to grow in those things. And so I wanna encourage you, if you wanna learn to grow and activate and grow in your spiritual gifts and activate them, attend our growth track, you're gonna love it. And then number two, so we talked about I am part of the body, right? Every single one of us, we're all part of the body. Number two is so important because it is the body needs me. Activating and using my spiritual gifts makes a difference. I could literally spend the rest of my time here because this is my passion in my heart, is to help every single person experience the reality of this, that you can make a difference in the lives of others. You can make a difference in the sphere of of influence that God has given you. The part that you play individually is massively important. You as an individual matter. 
The body of Christ needs you. And I know for myself that there's no greater joy for me than watching what I like to call the light bulb moment. When someone discovers, oh, that's my thing. Like, I love that. That's what I'm really good at. It's my spiritual gift. What? That's amazing. That moment of discovery. And I know that um, you might not know this. My husband and I were youth pastors for several years. And um, one of the things that we would always just hone on over and over again with all of our youth, and I think this is really important for the entire body of Christ, is that you have a purpose and a destiny individually. No one else can accomplish what you are put on earth to do. No one else. You might think, oh, that person is better at that than me. No one can accomplish what you were created to do individually. And so I just want to encourage you today, you matter. God is intentional in the way that he created you specifically. He knows things about you that you probably haven't even discovered yet. You have a purpose, and the part that you play matters. That's why the body needs you, right? So there are three parts from this passage from Ephesians that we just read that reinforce this idea that each person matters. And the first one is that it talks about the whole body. It doesn't say just part of the body or simply the body, right? The whole body. And what I love about this is that it implies the corporate unity togetherness of what God is building. That means if you're not a part of it, there's a part missing. Think about that for a second. If you are not a part of it, there is a part missing. Now, have you ever gone to a party or event or maybe were invited to a party or event and the only reason that you were going is because you knew that one of your friends was going? Like, if you didn't, if your friend wasn't going, you would have been like, oh man, I don't wanna do that thing. I'm just gonna give you a little viewpoint into my life for a second. The second I get sent an evite, I look to see who's on the guest list. Does anybody else do that? Oh, am I the only? Okay, okay, there's a few others in the room. Okay, oh, thank you for being honest. I appreciate that fully. I'm not alone in this. Um, and I was thinking about this idea, actually, last night, this idea came to me um, that I do that. Like, I, I prepare myself for social situations, and I never want to be caught where I'm like, oh, I don't know anybody that's here. I want to encourage you that that's how the body of Christ can feel if you are not applying what God has put in you to it. There is something missing. There's that connecting piece, that community piece that's missing when you're not applying to what God is doing. The body needs you. The second part of this passage that I love, and it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Another translation says, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. And again, it says every, not just some joints or major joints. It says every joints. Again, the context of the whole body, right? Um, And do you know what joints do? They bring structure, they bring stability, they provide continuity to what's being built. They also provide flexibility. So when you're not supplying what God has put in you, your spiritual gifts, pieces of the structure and stability and flexibility of the house of God are missing. And then the third part of this um, passage that I wanted to pull out is it says, every part does its share. Again, every. I don't think you can argue that this passage means some. It says every like six times in the passage, or all, or whole. You know, all the different contexts that it's talking about together. And so what I want to encourage you to do, and can I just challenge you today, church, and for those joining us online, make church consistent. Don't be a once a month church goer because it's not us that's missing out. It's you that's missing out when you do that. There is something so important about being a member of the body of Christ and you are valuable when you're in the room. You add faith to the room. You add joy to the room. You add pieces that are missing when you're not here. Um, 
Maybe when you're not in the room, there's an aspect of faith that's missing. Maybe there's a lightheartedness that you bring. Maybe you have those eyes that just have attention to detail. When you're not a part of what God is building, that is missing from the body of Christ. So the body needs you. Then number three, I need the body, right? So we talked about the whole. Now let's talk about the individual. Um, what I really love about this specifically is that the part I play isn't in competition to other people, right? It's not in competition to somebody else. And I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians 12. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body, right? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything, right? But our bodies have many parts, and this is what I love that it ends this way. And God has put each part just where he wants it. Amen? The word of God is powerful. That's not me, that's Jesus, right? That's the word of God. It's up to us to be who God has designed us to be and do what God has called us to do. Our purpose isn't in competition to someone else's. And actually, I think it's the exact opposite of that. I think that our purpose becomes fulfilled when we are in the context of the body of Christ. There are things that we discover and things that are pulled out of us when we are connected to what God is building and we become part of the body of Christ. And again, we're talking about the analogy of the body, right? So we cannot tell another part that it doesn't matter, right? And um, we can't compare ourselves to other people and think that we don't matter. Every single one, again, it's on purpose that I'm being super repetitive. Every single person in this room matters. Each one of us are completely unique and intrinsically connected to one another. And it's so important for us to understand that. There is no one like you on planet Earth. How incredible is God that he has created, what is it, eight billion people? I don't know. Someone could probably reference that. But so many different people, right? There is no one exactly like you on this entire planet. No one has ever lived that is exactly like you. No one will ever live that is exactly like you. That means that God has uniquely designed you for the purpose that you were created on earth for. And I know I've experienced this area the most by raising our three boys. If you didn't know, I have three sons. Malachi, Silas, and Canaan. And I love being their mom. It is the joy of my life to watch them grow and develop and become their own people. Um, but what I love most about being a mom, and sometimes what is the most challenging thing, is how different each of my sons are. They come from the same genetics, but they are massively different in every way. The things that they're interested in, the way that they think about things, the way that they relate to each other, the way that they relate to other people, it's completely and uniquely different in every way. And so it's challenging, right? But I know that it makes our family better, right? When each of them add their viewpoint and their value and the things that are important to them and the things that they've learned and discovered into what we do as a family, and I know for myself, I will not let my kids fall into the trap that they need to be in competition with one another for our love or our acceptance or for God's purpose, right? They are not in competition. They were not meant to do the exact same thing. God has a unique purpose for each one of them. And our family wouldn't be complete without all three of them. In fact, I thought we were only gonna have two kids. And I was like, oh, I think we're done. And my husband was like, our family's not done yet. And I'm so glad that we had our third because I can't imagine life without Canaan. He's the best. Um, and so he's not the best. They're all the best. Oh no, okay. Backtrack it for a second. 
I love my three boys equally and differently in the way that they need to be loved. <laughs> but can I just say the same way that I feel that about my kids, I feel that about all of you. I will not let you fall into the trap that you are in competition to someone else. God's plan and purpose is that he uniquely designed you for exactly what you were put on earth to do. And no one else can do that. No one else can fulfill that. Um, and so activating our spiritual gifts is the best way to discover this. It's the best way to fulfill this. It's the best way to experience this. And how we connect to others and how we make others better and how we be ourselves become better too. I love what Ephesians 4 says in this, in this passage that we just read. God has put each part where he wants it. God gives us spiritual gifts, right? We don't give those. We simply decide if we are going to activate them and use them in building his dream, his house, his church, his body, right? And so I wanna encourage you today, embrace how God has created you individually. Fully embrace it. We need you. We need the you that you are, not the you that you try to be for somebody else or not the you that you see in somebody else. We need you, who God has created you to be, holy and purely you. Um, and I would even say, you might not exactly see where you fit right now, but I'm gonna challenge you to get involved in community anyways, because I think that oftentimes, when we take that step of faith and we become part of the community and we dive into what God is building and what he's doing, then we discover our purpose. I think sometimes we're waiting like, God, speak to me my purpose. But he's like, I've laid it out for you. The body of Christ is there. When you dive into that thing, that's when you discover the purpose that God has for your life and the things that he can do in you. And I, I also wanna say isolation will silence the gift of God in your life. It will. I, when you isolate yourself from the community of God and the presence of God and the people of God, it will silence the gifts of God in your life. But the good news is connection to what God is building, connection to the body of Christ activates the gift of God in your life. And that's why the church, the body of Christ, is so important to every single person. And we can trust that God's way is the best way. Remember, we talked about laying down our own way and following Jesus by picking up his ways. So that's what we wanna do today. And um, number four, this is my final point. And we can go ahead and send the keys up any minute. Um, my final point is the body is awesome. The body is awesome. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, this makes for harmony among all the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffer, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are honored with it, right? Um, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. The Bible talks a lot about what it means to be in the will of God. And oftentimes being in the will of God is also in the caveat of being in the family of God, in the house of God. And the church is really a huge part of experiencing the fullness of that in the presence of God. Jesus said, I will build my church. And David said, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And Psalm, the Psalms say, and I love this verse, those planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. There is something that happens in our lives when we apply what God has given us to what he's building, and it is awesome. Um, I've lived this principle. I've seen the blessings that come even when it doesn't make sense. When we apply our lives to God's dream, the way that Jesus made to reach the world, which is the church, we experience the fullness of God that he intended for us individually. 
Never did I think that I'd be where I'm at right now. A 13 year old girl who committed her life to Jesus and simply just started serving because I thought that was the right thing to do. And my parents told me, hey, why don't you serve in kids ministry? Um, at this point in my life, I've served in pretty much every area of church. I've cleaned toilets and I've done kids ministry and I've served in youth and I've led worship and I've done all the different pieces and parts. And what I love about it is that each part is so valuable. Every single part of what the body of Christ entails is so valuable. From our team um, production, they are amazing. They're making sure that the visuals and the screens look good. They're making sure that we are engaged and able to follow along with verses to our team that's serving in Citizen Kids right now. They're not just caring for your kids. They're loving them. They're teaching them principles of the word of God, right? Every single aspect of church life is so important. And what I know individually is I would have missed out on truly uh, experiencing the fulfillment of what God's house is if I hadn't just started serving. If I hadn't just been like, okay, I'll try this. And maybe it wasn't the right fit right at the beginning, but I have grown and learned and gleaned from so many other people in so many different areas. Um, and I know for myself personally, there's a massive amount of fulfillment that comes from being part of something that's bigger than yourself. It's so, our lives are meant to be so much bigger than our own little bubble, our own home, our own self, right? We are meant for something greater, for something bigger. And the community of God, the family of God is meant to help fill that. And so it doesn't matter whether you're young or old, whether you've been a believer for a long time or you're just now taking that first step of giving your life to Jesus. We are all starting a journey of faith together. We're all on this journey. None of us have arrived yet, right? If we're still here on earth, we still have a purpose to fulfill. And so Paul says in um, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, since you are so eager to have the special abilities the spirit gives or spiritual gifts, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Again, God is so intentional in his word. It's meant to build ourselves up, but it's also meant to build up others. Um, one of our core scriptures that helped us to formulate and design our purpose statement as a church, it comes from Colossians 1, and it says, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And this presenting everyone fully mature, what that means is reaching your full potential, is, is uh, reaching your full fulfillment, experiencing all that God has for you. And our job as pastors, our job as leaders in the church is not just to do that ourselves, right? It's to equip you to do that in your sphere. It's to equip you to take that to your family, to take that to your job, to take that in your day-to-day -day when you're grocery shopping or out with girlfriends or whatever it is that you're doing, to equip you to carry the gospel with you everywhere that you go. And so I just wanna encourage you, and you probably saw this coming because I am team's pastor. The best way for you to apply this message today is to get on team, to join the team, become a part of what God is building. Add your faith to the body of Christ. Add the things that we are missing. You might not even realize that we are missing you right now if you are not actively serving in the body of Christ. And when you do that, I believe not only will we be blessed, it's not a selfish thing. You will be blessed. You will grow. You will flourish. You will learn. I believe that God's going to give you greater opportunities in your job when you serve God's house. I believe you'll have wisdom to speak into the lives of your friends when you serve of God's house. And what I love too is that you will have team members and citizen group leaders that are praying for you and believing in you, who are championing you and praying for you when you go through tough situations. So join the team, activate your spiritual gifts, and watch as God stretches your capacity and takes you further than you ever even imagined. 
Um, following Jesus means serving his house. Jesus himself said, I came to serve, not to be served, right? Jesus is whom we're following. He's the, the reason why we're doing this whole series called Follow. If we wanna be like him, we have to activate our spiritual gifts. And the easiest way to do that is by serving the church, becoming a part of the family of God. And so, um, if you're in the room today, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know if I have a relationship with God, let alone like know what spiritual gifts are or want to activate them. I want to give you an opportunity today to say yes to Jesus, to submit your life to him. God loves you so much. And as I already said, he has a unique plan and purpose for every single one of you. And that includes you, if, even if you haven't yet committed your life to Jesus, today could be your day. And so I'm gonna ask for everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity, if that's you today and you're saying, I, I wanna have this relationship with God, I wanna grow in this fulfillment, I wanna know what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And so in just a minute, I'm gonna to count to three and I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And I'm not going to um, call you up or make you stand up or come forward. I'm not gonna deceive you into doing any of that. I simply wanna know who I'm praying with. And so if you want to give your life to Jesus, on the count of three, you can go ahead and raise your hand. One. Jesus loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life individually. Two, God sees you. He knows you. No matter what you've done or where you've come from, he is here today. Three, go ahead and lift your hand. Thank you. I see that hand online. You can click that button on the screen or you can go ahead and raise your hand in your room wherever you're at today. All right, church, we're going to repeat this prayer nice and loud together. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner in need of you. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you loved me enough to give me the gift of salvation. I receive that gift today. I couldn't do it without you. I lay down my own way and choose to follow you. Now repeat after me boldly, I am a Christian. By grace, I have been saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I know we're just joining the Tenley Town Campus live. Matter of fact, Dulles Campus, why don't you join us in the Tenley Town Campus and celebrating anybody who just prayed that prayer of commitment and salvation. Gosh, it is good. It's just so good to be part of what God is building. I count it a privilege every day that we get to be part of God's plans and God's hope for the world, to help the world. And uh, so if you just prayed that prayer, we have a gift for you today. We've got uh, a Bible for you down at our Welcome Center in Tenley Town here. It's, it's out in the lobby of our Dulles campus. And you can also find the Bible on our Bible app. Uh, the Citizen Heights app, but I, I want to transition right now uh, and just give you a pastoral exhortation. I know I've been talking to you here at Dulles. Can you can, can you take a little bit more for five or six minutes? And Tenley Town, uh, I, ho I hope uh, you're you're getting this and hearing this well. But um, we've been talking here at the Dulles campus just on the power of God's unity as He brings us together as the body of Christ. And we've just been talking about how, as the body of Christ, 
we we really might not have normally gravitated towards one one another but god is building something so supernatural so durable so unstoppable and uh, he causes those who don't think alike that don't look alike that don't have, you know make money alike and yet he uses us and brings us together in this amazing tapestry of his goodness and his grace to the world around us and so i want to take a minute today Obviously, there, the, the, there's no surprise here. Uh, the Roe v. Wade decision was overturned this week uh, by the Supreme Court. And uh, I wanted to, to take a moment as a church, as we do. We do not ignore significant moments as a church. And uh, that might make you love us. That might make you hate us. But it is who we are. Uh, in, in large part because John 6, we talked about this last week. In John 6, um, we talked about how Jesus taught about hard things. And that even in the midst of Jesus teaching about hard things, some of the disciples said, Jesus, what you're teaching is hard. <laughs> they knew it was hard to hear and difficult and was confronting some of the things they had embraced culturally. And it said some of his followers no longer followed. And so, but Jesus wasn't afraid to teach the hard things and his church can't be afraid to teach the hard things. Now, now understand, we, we don't do so with a hammer. We do so with a heart. Because if you truly love someone, you want them to walk in truth and life and health and freedom. Amen? And so more and more, uh, we have to teach on hard things, I find, as I get older. Um, because a lot of us have come out of universities uh, or have come out of, you know, just living within a culture that is completely intolerant of you learning and living the ways of the Bible. That's true. The world has been very intolerant of you learning and living what the Bible says is God's best for your life. And uh, But the church has its marching orders. You know, we have one book. We're not getting another. There's no 2.0. And, and our mission as a church has always been what Jesus told us. Go, preach the gospel, make disciples, teach them my commandments that is our heart because we know that's where people live in freedom and live in strength and a, a church preaching the whole gospel of jesus it does two things it, it not only uh, talks about god's love but it also talks about god's limits do you hear me and so we live in a world and, and this is so true it bears repeat repeating we live in a world where people are crashing on the rocks. They're being battered and destroyed on the rocks. I don't have to give you a hypothetical. Listen, I've been in ministry for 30 years. Heather and I, we were talking about this this morning. She's away on vacation time, and, and uh, I called her this morning. We were just talking about it this morning. Just that all the women that we've counseled through the years who are in excruciating agony of regret and shame and guilt from the decision they made to abort their own baby and the mental health issues that they struggle with and the, 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 the side effects that linger for years. Listen, this is not a simple issue. This is not a political, uh, even though it was a judicial of a legislative thing, this is a kingdom value that we want to love people into wholeness. We want to love people into strength. And none of us are... are naive to think that this is a simple issue. This is a very complex issue. This is a very 
deep issue. There are no small factors in play. And as a baby born in 1972 to a junior high dropout mom who already had two children and she had no education and no prospects and no way. Listen, I'm telling you today, I am very glad that she had the resolve she had and that God worked the redemption he did so that what the enemy meant for evil in the terrible situation she was in and coming out of, God redeemed it and turned it all for good. I'm so grateful that we serve a God big enough to take the complications and the tough places and the mistakes that we've made. But we live in a world where people are crashing on the rocks. And as a church, we're going to keep running rescue missions to those who found their way into those rocks, whether they went knowingly or mistakenly or rebelliously. We're going to continue to go into the rocks and love every single person we have an opportunity to love and give the grace of God to. But, but we will also unapologetically shine a light on those rocks. We'll let people know that is not God's best for you. That is a way that will offer you something you think is worth the price, but will take so much more than you ever imagined. This is the reality to, to urge people to live within the boundaries of God that bring the blessings of God. So, so this week, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Some of us have been praying for this for decades, while some of us are shocked to learn that our church and our pastors are actually anti-abortion. Uh, but we talk about the hard things. Amen? We talked about the hard things with racism. We talked about the hard things uh, uh, concerning issues of injustice. And we took our time with it. And we made statements and commitments. And now... As I look back, I don't believe I had to do this kind of line-on-line uh, line line explanation when we talked about racism because I believe, thankfully, we were all tuned into the truth that <laughs> racism is evil. It's contrary to the heart of God. Like, for whatever reason, we were really tuned into that, and, and I'm grateful for that. But strangely, as a society, we don't hold the same regard for the heart for justice for those in the womb. So taking this moment as an opportunity to kind, kindly, compassionately, and carefully, but <laughs> courageously say, God has a, a better way for us to live. So to speak to you on the orthodoxy of what the Bible says about this topic, because I believe some just have come out of, I've actually had people text me this week and say, I didn't, oh, I've never seen this perspective before. Listen, if you haven't spent your life studying the Bible, if, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to say his ways are higher than my ways. And a lot of times his ways will collide and contradict the ways of your university professor or strong people that you've, you've admired in your life even. And so I, I want to give this just very briefly. If you're wondering what the university didn't tell you, here's what the Bible says. Psalm 139.13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God is at work. Judges 13.7, the birth of Samson. Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine and don't eat anything unclean. Don't hazard the life that you're carrying. Luke 1.41, for the birth of John the Baptist. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. What leapt in her womb? A baby. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 1.30, the birth of Jesus. The angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. 
for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Listen, we could go on a long time and talk about God's heart for the vulnerable and defenseless uh, child in the womb of every mother. And so five statements and commitments we can affirm today as people who believe the Bible and know that there's no easy... Now, it's easy to drop a standard, but applying that standard takes great care and understanding because there are people who have walked through things that you cannot imagine and you cannot fathom. And so processing this is not a one-moment thing. So bear with me. I'm going to give you five statements and commitments that we will aspire to, not because I think it will draw a crowd, but because I think it leads us to life and it leads us to being the kind of church that we want to be. Number one, we believe unborn babies are human lives. We believe this because the Bible says it and science confirms it. We will forever be a place where God's word is elevated above our own preferences, opinions, and ideas. Number two, we believe abortion is the taking of an innocent life. The Bible, human reason, and natural law all tell us that the taking of, a, of an innocent life is the greatest evil against God and against humanity. Number three, we believe God forgives us of all and every sin when we humble ourselves, repent, and offload our burdens to him. We are all sinners. We all need a savior. God's forgiveness is complete. It silences sin, shame, and regret for each and every one of us. Number four, we believe no matter what choices and mistakes we've made in life, we can find mercy in his arms and acceptance in his church. His church is a place for all of us. We will forever be a place where people can talk about their deepest sin, their biggest regrets, because our God can redeem anything. And number five, we believe our role in the past will now only be increased financially and practically, caring for those who are in need help in pregnancy, adoption, foster care, and other support ministries vital to those in need. As a church, we're looking for ways to do more and help more. Amen. Now, if you do not believe the Bible or you're still checking things out, or maybe you just choose to hang on to your ideas for a minute, I'd humbly ask that you consider what we're aspiring to here. It's, we're not aspiring to the authority of my words, but to God's heart for your life. So you can choose to keep those ideas that I've submitted to you today. Um, we will still love you. We will still appreciate you. We will still receive you. We will not hold you at arm's length. We will not treat you like a second-class Christian or church member. Uh, this is a church for everyone. It's always been a church for everyone. It will forever be a church for everyone. But as your pastors, Heather and I, we felt like we owe it to you. And frankly, we're going to give an account to God as stewards of his house, his church. So I hope... Uh, <laughs> There's a deep resolve in my heart that we do something that maybe you haven't seen before. Maybe none of us have been part of before. And that's a church that can be love people with incredible mercy, but still stand for God's immutable truth. And I think we can do it, church. This is a rallying call. We come together. And uh, we don't need any drop the mic 
moments and I would sincerely invite you if you have questions if you have wonder if you you have a, a, a problem with some of this email us at info at citizenheights.com send us your question now if you're just going to be mean and nasty don't bother we won't read those but if you have a legitimate question like I want to follow Jesus and I'm looking for a way but this is a real hurdle for me I don't know how to get over it let's talk about it let's be honest about it and I think God is going to bless our unity of faith because it Listen, you can't stop me from loving you. You can't stop this church from loving you and believing in you. And, uh, and I think if we come together, we can be something beautiful. The church doesn't, the world doesn't even know what to do with, except say, this is a supernatural thing. Amen? The Bible says that we are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, oh man, we're, we're missing out on the flavor that God intended us to be. So let's, let's, let's up our salt intake. Amen? of what we can be in God together.